welcome to the new Congleton Town Football Club podcast. This is the place to be to hear reaction, stories and interviews from those within the club every week. And who better to have as our first guest than the man who spearheaded Congleton Town to one of the most successful seasons in the club's history. That is, of course, Bears boss Richard Duffy. And welcome to the podcast. Good evening. How are we doing? It doesn't feel that long ago that we were at Chorley um, seeing Congleton Town lift the Macron Cup to end a, a memorable season. And now here we are, um, just a few weeks away from the first game of the new season. Were you able to switch off at all after last season or was it just being full on getting ready for the new season? Yeah, I don't think you ever get time to switch off, really. You, you try your best, but you're, there's always a phone going or something's triggered your mind about something. So, yeah, you never get fully switched off but you know you, you do have a holiday and, and try and get away from it all but um, like you said it, it wasn't long ago that that we were in a couple of cup finals and and now we are probably well, the two and a half weeks till till the season starts and we'll talk more about the upcoming season late, later on but first let's just reflect on last season's what was a really memorable campaign included two trophies an FA Vars semi-final and an FA Cup game played in front of the BBC cameras the the games were coming so thick and fast I think it was like 67 in total and imagine it would have been perhaps quite difficult to reflect on what your team achieved last season during the, se- the season itself so now you've had time to kind of look back on it how, how do you reflect on last season? Yeah like you said you don't you don't really have time to, to think about it and, and even now I don't I don't think I've reflected on on how the season panned out and how it went. I think when when year in years to come, I think then you'll you'll get to to look back and think, yeah, it was a a very successful season and a, a spell. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think looking back in time, when, once we go forward, that you know how, how successful it was as a season. You know, with with the amount of players, you know, we we didn't use an awful amount of players, and with the amount of games we played, was was extra special, really. Winning trophies is the pinnacle of the sport, regardless of what level you play at. So just how much did winning the Cups mean to you and the rest of the team, especially the Cheshire Senior Cup, because that was the first time the club had won the competition in 85 years? Yeah, as you say, 85 years, you know, that that was the sort of conversation between the, the you know, before the semi-final and, and the final, you know. You're going to put yourself in in a little bit of history here because the club hasn't won a trophy for X amount of years. They haven't won the, the, the Cheshire Senior Cup for 85 years, as you just said. So yeah, that that was planted in in the back of their minds. But I mean, take that away. You know what what we achieved in in that cup and in that cup final is nothing short of a miracle because you know we're we're up against a, a full time team in 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 a, in a conference team and to come out on 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 the end of, you know, winning on penalties. But even without that, I think I think we deserved to win the game in 90 minutes. And, you know, I was disappointed at the end that we didn't get it done in 90 minutes because that, that would have been even better. But listen, if you if you offer penalty, me a penalty shootout before the game started, then, you know, as a management team, we, we would have snapped your hands off. That's the thing, because it wasn't just a one-off. It was a season of cup upsets. I think it was six teams you beat from from higher divisions throughout the season and not forgetting, of course, forcing AFC Fylde, who went on to be promoted into a National League, to a replay. Um, what is it about these games? Is it belief? Yeah, definitely. A mind, you, you have to have a winning mindset, you know. I'm not saying we're going to win every game because that's that's impossible, but you have to go in, into a game believing believing you can win. And as you say, them, them, 
five or six games that we we beat a higher opposition last year. You know, we, we had a plan and, and set out how to win a game. And and listen, the lads were, have been absolutely fantastic last season. You know, um, as I say, against, against the higher the higher the opposition, the more they rose. The, you know, they, they rose to the task. You know, um, some some big performances through throughout the FA Cup, especially the FA Vars. Um, and obviously the, the two cup final wins we, we turned into more of a cup team last year that wasn't how we set out um, obviously we wanted to do really well in the league but in the end it was you know we, we were juggling so many things we had you know quite a few points to catch up on in the league which I believe you know we could have if we didn't have the, the cup competitions but you know we, we sat down as a management and you know we we sort of thought don't know what we, we're going to put all our eggs in one basket here and, and just go for the or two baskets should I say um, and just go for the cup wins because you know the, with the amount of league games we had to catch up on and the points we had to get was um, was a big task. You had to play a lot of games last year, sixty seven in total, including twenty five cup games. When you hear Premier League managers moaning about schedules, does it annoy you when you look at your schedule from last season, especially when players will have done a day's work, or is it just kind of part of football? I think it's part of football. I think I think they understand what what they're doing and what they're saying. They're not they're not daft in total, you know. They they're not they, you know they know they they're getting the excuses ready for when when they do lose games. You know they're not they're not silly. But yeah, listen, sixty seven games when you you know half of them you're probably working on on the Tuesday and a Thursday before we play on the Tuesday Thursday towards the end of the season. Even Monday nights, Wednesday nights we were playing so. Yeah, and and to be fair, we I didn't hear one one complaint from from the lads of, of we got another game. So um, you know, I I'm not sure I could have played sixty seven games. I think most of them, or a lot of them, played sixty plus games. So um, and if if I didn't rest them for for a lot of the league games towards the end of the season, then they would have played the majority of the games. So um, no, I tip my hat to them. But yeah, as you say about the the big managers, I think they get the excuses in early. It's not just on the pitch where the club have made an impact, but also off it too. Obviously, your focus is getting results on the pitch, but I know you always like to look at the bigger picture and the wider club as well. Um, last season in particular, we saw lots more interest in the town and that's reflected in the attendances. Obviously, results and performances help, but do you think more people are now perhaps discovering non-league football and are perhaps getting a bit disillusioned, because you could say, with um, Premier League football and realising what a great community spirit is at non-league football? Yeah, I think, I think I've got to agree with the, the, the latter part of that, of people are getting disillusioned with how much football's on TV, how much is costing. You know, and when you can come to a, a local team like Congleton or any of the local teams around the area or around the country for that for that matter, you know, to, to pay seven or eight quid to go and watch a game, you can get a beer, stand by the stand by, you know, stand next to the pitch with a beer in your hand, which you can't do at obviously league uh professional games. Um and I think more and more are buying into that, if I'm totally honest. Um as I say, the the, the money the league clubs now expect to to get off fans, especially in you know the the sort of world we're living in at the minute, then um, that becomes tough. So I think a, a few are leaking out into the into the non league scene, um, and yeah, that that that's paid part of of our attendances for sure. But um, the, the the main thing, obviously, is winning games. You know, if if you don't win games, then we'll lose fans. That's 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 the that's the fact of the matter. You know, if 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 we don't do well this year, then our fan our attendances will drop. So. 
you know the the pressure's on to win games to to keep the fans coming in to keep you know to keep the money coming through to the through the gate you know so um you know we're not daft we know we well I'm not daft I know I know how football works um and yeah you know we we're trying to get into the community more can we get into schools a little bit more you know it's it's something that we we need to start doing for for sure to to get the next generation coming through it's perhaps no coincidence that Congleton had such a good home record last season. In fact, going back to the January of the season before as well, how important was that and just how big of an impact did the supporters have on the team? Yeah, we had a big home advantage last year. Obviously, our, our results show that, um, especially the, the first half of the season. And I think Northwich game, I can't remember if we lost another one at home. Uh, that was towards the end of the season when, when we were mixing the team up because of, of cup competitions. But you know, I, I'm under no illusion that, you know, the, the record we or we had last year, teams coming there were beat already. You know, we, the way we played at home, we had the way of playing. Um, we used to slope, we used to bank well, and the fans got right behind us. And, um, you know, that we're going to need the same again this year. Uh, we're going to have a lot of teams coming up from, obviously, the Midlands who, who won't really want to come up this far. Um, and, and that's got to pay into our, our advantage. There's that connection as well between the fans, the players and the management team that I would say is probably at its strongest now in the 10 years that I've been coming to the club. And, and what is great to see is the number of local players in the squad as well, whether that's players that grew up in the town or live in the town. I think it was 10 or 11 players actually who stepped up from the reserves at some point last season. And we've seen them again being used in pre-season how pleasing is it as a manager to have that resource of the reserves and how pleased have you been with the way that the players have stepped up to this level? Yeah, it's not an easy step up, you know. We we, we played a team probably three divisions higher last night than than what the reserves are used to playing at. Um, obviously, only one level up from from what we, we used to. Um, so for them to step up and not and not be phased and, and not see any you wouldn't, you, you know, they didn't look out of place on the pitch then, shall I say, you know. So, um, all all credit to Martin and Davo, you know, bringing them through the reserves there. It's got some really nice young lads coming through. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be using them at some stage this season, um, if not from the start of the season, you know. Recruitment's been a little bit difficult. Um, obviously, we're changing league. Um, but some 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 good, um, exciting young lads to, to work with, as you said. All local lads, you know, we had we had quite a few last year who played important parts in league and cup games. And, you know, just because they're local lads, you know, they can move on to different clubs as well if they want to. But I think the buzz around the place at the minute, there's a lot, a lot happy to stay and, and, and fight for that place, you know. You mentioned there about recruitment. There's always lots of talk about incomings and outgoings, particularly at this time of the year. Like all clubs, you're looking to strengthen as much as you can. And we have seen some new faces during pre-season, obviously without giving away any secrets, just how much work goes on behind the scenes um, to get players in and just how hard is it at times finding the right players for the team and then also getting the signing over the line when every club is trying to sign players? Hard. <laughs> it's uh, it's brutal at times, you know. It's, it's so many phone calls and, and whatever else and... You know this this club want me. They want to give me this much more, and and it's a it's an on it's it's a battle always. But listen, I I'm not one for you know if you look at our other two pre seasons pre seasons we had. I'm not I'm not one for rushing players in to to just make up the numbers for the sake of it if they're not going to be good enough unless they're not going to fit into the group. So um, we like to take our time. We like to pick what we want, not just what's out there. 
you know we'll we'll wait for the for the right person to come up to, to become available and um and that's what we've done again so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll see uh two three maybe four faces and has chip engine leagues made that task even harder because i guess you're gonna have to look at a different pool of players yeah the whole pool of players has changed for us you know we me and griff used to you know after every game you know stand out players for the opposition and, and whatever else and yeah I like him blah 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 take notes and whatever so all that's gone out of the window because obviously Manchester Liverpool lads or whatever they are ain't going to travel down to the Midlands on a on a Tuesday night so yeah our, our pool of players has changed massively but you know so was so was so other other teams and and you know it's not an excuse we we just got to get on with it and, and pick from do some more homework and, and pick some other players from from different areas and we do often see this merry-go-round, which is probably the best way of describing it when it comes to players coming and going at non-league clubs, particularly at this time of the year from the from when the season ended to the new season starting. There have obviously been some departures, but judging by pre-season, it looks as though most of the squad from last year has remained. How important was that to try and keep as many players as possible from last season? Yeah, very important when, when, we, when we knew how things were going to pan out, you know, I, I wasn't in a rush to get rid of anyone, you know, they all, they all played their part last year in all different ways. And it's same, same the year before, I didn't, you know, even though we had a, a mediocre season the first year, you know, I, I still felt there was something in the squad to, to move us forward and, and obviously that panned out well last year. So, I like to keep a group together, keep them, you know, I don't like a big squad either. Um, you know, we've got young lads coming through to, you know, if we get injuries, etc. They, you know, they're, they're more than capable of stepping up. And yeah, you know, I've, I've worked with these players. This is the third season now. So, you know, a lot of them understand what what I'm about. I understand what they are about. And like you just said, the merry-go-round, you don't have to start all over again in pre-season because if you get in 10, 12, 14 players in every season, then no continuity, you know, you, your messages are getting lost because you've got to start all over again. So um, I've gone down, or me and Griff have gone down the line of keeping the majority of players and and just adding where we need to. We're well into pre-season now, five games in. What is your assessment so far? Um, Steady steady getting better, Um, you know, getting fitter. Um, And that's the main objective, um, to be fit for the first game of the season. But I've always said pre-season doesn't matter. Once Once you step on that line, over that line on on the first game of the season, you never know what you're going to get. Even preseason could have been rubbish. I've, I've had as players and teams, I've had lots of bad preseasons and then gone in and won the first five games of the season. You know, I've I played in preseasons where we've won every every preseason game and gone and lost the first three league games. So it's uh, you never know what you're going to get. You know, you can, you can you can plan and hopefully get messages across for the first game. But until you step over that line on the first game, after that whistle blows, after ninety minutes, you you know where you are, and you you know you know how where you where you where you need to plan going forward. Before we talk about the league, I just want to mention the FA Cup because the extra preliminary round looks like it will be the start of the season for the Bears. Wivenshaw Town are the opponents, a team we obviously know well from the Northwest Counties League. They were up there battling for the promotion spots, and the games against them there were two tough battles. Obviously, it's a new season, but what sort of game are you expecting? Yeah, obviously, I had two two real battles. Uh, I know the managers moved on from there. Uh, James Kinsey, he's moved on. So um, obviously, new management come in, and, and I believe a lot a lot of the squad have moved on as well. So um, we'll we'll need to do some homework before 
before we play them to see obviously new players in and a lot a lot we won't know. So if we can get some homework on them, then then that'd be great. But yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. You know, it's a cup competition that, you know, you've got to take seriously because it's, it's, it's some good money involved and um, hopefully on the day we can uh, we can turn up and, and put a performance on. You talk there about the, the the homework you've had to do. I imagine the last few weeks have just been full of ho- homework, haven't they? Because the it's a completely new league. How has that kind of impacted your preparation and kind of approach? Yeah, as you, as you say, you you know you know the majority of of players and teams from last year. Obviously, if we stayed in the northwest counties, and and that would have took a lot less work to to do come match days, you know. So yeah, we, we we're gonna have to somehow find our way down there on, on nights we haven't got games. Um and in pre season if we can to to try and to try and you know obviously the, the fixtures come out tomorrow. So if we can if we can nip to get get the first two or three fixtures, you know, teams watched in in the next couple of weeks and then that's what we'll do. What do you know about the Midland Football League and kind of how much you're looking forward to, to that new challenge? What do I know about it? Not a lot really, because football's football. It doesn't matter what region you're playing in. Football's football. It's eleven v eleven on a match day. Um, people tell me it's a, it's not as strong as the northwest counties. Blah blah blah. Load of rubbish. Load of rubbish. As far as I'm concerned, we're up against seventeen other teams who will be battling out to win the league because they'll all believe when you start the season that you know we've got a chance. We've got a chance. We've got a good budget. We we've, we've got the right players in, and it's 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 the teams who not won it the most, but. You know, I've recruited the best, and there's a, a lot of things that go into it. You know, team spirits. You know, if you, what what your players like, how do they deal with different scenarios, upsets, and, and whatever else. So um, there's lots of there's lots that go into it. But listen, you know, people saying we favourites for the league, blah blah blah. They won the seen us play, and we we haven't seen them play. So um, you know, it's going to be a tough old league, a tough campaign again. One that we're looking forward to, obviously, with the playoffs in in this season. With so that becomes a you know an eighteen league, an eighteen team league, and you've got to finish in the top five to have a chance of promotion. So obviously, the top of the league goes up, and then the next four into a playoff. So if you finish in the top five, you've got to sniff again getting promoted. So um, a lot of teams in the league will will fancy the chances. And the day this podcast will be released will be the day the Midland Football League fixtures are released. From a manager perspective, what do you look for when the fixtures are announced? Or is it just a case of adding the games to your calendar? Yeah, I think you add them to the calendar. I think, you know, you look at the first game, can, can we get a home game? And then you look at, you know, Christmas time, Boxing Day, New Year's Day, where, you know, where are we? And yeah, that that's probably what I will be looking at. And anything in between will, will be what it's you know what what will be you know but they are the sort of things you look at as as players and and staff um first game of the season and then obviously the the christmas period you've played at a high level as a player including internationally how does being a non-league manager compare yeah nothing can, can compare to management i don't care what anyone says you know when when you sit on the sideline and you can't really yes you can you can change the game by subs and whatever else but you can't step on the pitch and you know, do anything about it. So, uh, word, words from the sideline is about all you can do. So, um, but the the pressure and and the the mindset you need is 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 totally different to to a player. And you know, I wouldn't change it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the season ahead. And yeah, bring it on.
Do you have any particular kind of influences, maybe managers that have perhaps you've play, played under or teams that you watch, or is it very much the Richard Duffy style? Yeah, it's, uh, people say to me, you know, I've asked that question quite a bit, and I, I think it's down to the players you got, especially at this level. You know, you can't go out and, and, and pick players from different clubs and give them X amount of money to, to move the other end of the country. You, you're picking from a pool that's local to, to Congleton, you know, within probably a 45-minute radius maybe. So, you know, we, we try and get players in. Um, the first two or three, or first two games, especially pre-season, tr- still trying to work out what we've got and which way we're going to go about the season. You know, obviously we, we've lost Tom. Um, it was a big influence and, and we played to, to his strength, you know. Um, and, and we've got to find a different way to play this year. So um, we're on the track of, of doing that. And hopefully that, um, that plays into our advantage this year. You became first team manager in May 2021, a couple of years ago now. What have you enjoyed the most about your time at Congleton so far? Obviously, just bringing bringing everyone together. You know, when 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 preseason starts and you've got a group of not so much not so much this year because we've got a smaller group and, until we get a, a few more bodies through. But just bringing a team together, a club together, and the community together, and and I think as a you know everyone seems to look to you for the answer, which which is you are you you're the manager at the end of the day, so that's that's the way they look. And you know you you've got to you've got to be careful of saying the right things at the right time to the to certain people because you don't you don't want to get trapped up in in things to say when there's no need to say them if that makes sense you know you, you you've just got to bring everyone together keep the harmony you know if I, if I've got something to say I'll say it but I'll say it in a manner that you know isn't isn't gonna cause any disruption you know is there's lots of volunteers that go into it you know you, you've got to get to know them um and it, and it's and it's brilliant, you know. The, the players buy into it. They sort of know everyone around the club as well. They just don't turn up on the Saturday and go home. You know, everyone's in the bar after. We all have a couple of pints together. We talk to the fans. We talk to the volunteers. Everyone involved in the club. So um, that's that's the the one thing I've enjoyed off the pitch. Um, and obviously on the pitches was the victories last year. What have you learned as a manager? Um, I think you're learning all the time. Every every training session, every game is is a learning. It's a learning experience for me because it's just inexperience at the job and, and there's no getting away from that. You know, I've had two seasons in it. So if anyone says any different, then then it's wrong. You know, um, I'm learning. Uh, the players are making me learn by them doing different things and me trying to trying to change things on the pitch, off the pitch, maybe in training to a certain extent. But yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to learn and, I, and I'm always open to, to different ideas. You know, I always say to the players, it's, it, it can't be always my way. It has to be, I need a little bit back off you of, if you feel this, that or another, then then you need to say, if if, if you don't agree with what I say, then, then let's have the conversation and, and maybe you're right, you know, and if you're right, we, we can address things different ways. In the last couple of seasons, we've seen you on the pitch. Can we expect to see you on the pitch um, this coming season? <laughs> I might have to at some point, I'm sure, with, with injuries and holidays and that, but um, no, I'm, I'm I'm trying not trying not to play, but I'm I'm trying to focus on on the management part. You know, I, I would never leave myself down or the team down if if I needed to play or I I felt like someone else needs to step out for a while. And you know, I need to get myself fit first. You know, I'm done I'm done my training this preseason. So um, yeah, if 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 I'm needed to play, then you know I'll, I'll I'll hopefully start training soon and get myself into a half decent shape. And if needed, then uh, I'll, I'll play. Yeah. Being a player manager, 
adds a whole new di different challenge, I'd imagine, being a player. Because you're trying to, you're obviously seeing it completely differently. You're not on the touchline. You're focused, trying to focus on your own game while trying to manage the team. I guess that brings its own challenges, be, be, being a player manager. It does, yeah. Um, luckily, we, you know, we got a good assistant on on the sideline who obviously takes takes precedence. Then when um, when I'm not when I'm obviously when I'm on the pitch, um, and he can see obviously different pictures to what I see on the pitch. So sometimes it works like that. Um, you know, I might see something different. He might see something different, and then you know we have the a small conversation then before before we talk at half time. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one to to juggle, but you know it's, it's manageable. So I say. Uh, what's your message for fans and the people of Congleton about their support and getting down to support their Bears this season? Uh, just just keep coming down in your numbers because obviously everyone everyone appreciates the support. You know the the, the noise they make. You know we we're getting more vocal fans, more younger fans who who like a song or two as well, which is good. And um, it, it just spurs the lads on. You know to have three four hundred people there rather than when I first arrived, we was having 100, 120 people there. You know that extra two hundred people make make a lot of difference. You know, and it it really helps the club. Final question: If you could sign any player in world football and bring them here to Congleton, who would it be? And it doesn't matter about budget because the chairman has said for this one <laughs> you have an unlimited budget. If there's anybody in world football, who are you bringing to Congleton and why? It'd have to be it'd have to be Messi for me, even though he's getting. He's getting towards the end of his career, should I say? Um, the guy's just a magician, and you know I, I love watching him play. And I might even stay up a few late nights to watch him on the MLS. So um, no, if he was one person, he, he he would be the player. I mean, I've loved watching him Barcelona, and Barcelona was probably his best days, you know. But um, yeah, what what a what a player. Well, I'm sure all the Congleton supporters will be looking forward to seeing Messi in a Congleton shirt very soon. Thanks for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it and all the best to the season. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's podcast. Every week, there will be different guests connected to the club. And in the meantime, keep an eye on the club's social media for all the news and updates. Thank you for joining us for this first episode of the Congleton Town Football Club podcast. <laughs> <laughs>